Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Well, good morning, new life. How's everybody in the house and everybody in your houses? <laughs> yeah, good to be able to see and gather, whether it's virtual, online, or on-site. You know, just like what Pastor Stephen said, today we are back here in the sanctuary. And watch out for more announcements in the coming days as we gradually open up in accordance, of course, with the government regulations. And, you know, just, just watch out. You know, if you haven't followed us yet online, you know, I encourage you to like that page right now. If you came by here accidentally, I know that God has something for you. You know, before we get going, I just want to encourage you. We want to be able to know where you're joining us from today. It would be great to see your location and, you know, to see who we're reaching, where we're reaching. So if you could just kindly do me a favor, just kindly comment down below where you're joining us from today. Maybe you're joining us from overseas. Come on, just comment down below. Our team would be glad to engage with you. Also, if you haven't shared this stream yet, you know, feel free, go ahead, tag a few people that you believe needs a word from God today. I know that God's going to be speaking to us directly straight to our hearts, tagus puso, this day. Amen. All right, well, you know, for the past weeks, in fact, actually since the start of this year, our pastors gave us a word for the year. And that's that, that our pastors declared that this is going to be the year of our rising. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that when God speaks, especially, you know, through the Bible says, you know, believe ye in His prophets and you shall prosper. You know, when God gives you a word through your pastors, you know, you hold on to that word. And the reason why God gives that word is because sometimes life would go contrary against it. And that's why you got to know what the Word of God is for you. Because the Word of God empowers you to stand strong amidst life's many turbulence and challenges. And this year, our pastors declared the Word over us. Isaiah 60 verse 1 to 3 saying, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Come on, somebody say today, say, I'm arising. Come on, online, comment down below, say, I am arising. This is our year to arise. We are to arise in our inheritance. And one of the inheritance that already belongs to us because of what Jesus has done is healing. And last week, you know, Pastor Stephen just magnificently shared a word, not just on healing, but on how to show compassion while you stand in faith, believing for healing with those around you. And I believe that was such a timely word, especially for the times that we live in. But we continue to believe God that we are going to arise. So one more time, it says in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You know, if we're going to be expecting God's glory, you know, to rise upon us, then we got to define what glory is. How many of you want to know what God's glory is? Well, you know, God's glory is the fullness of who He is. But let's let God 
define this, this himself. And this is what it says in Exodus 33 verse 18 onwards. And I'm going to kick it off from this verse, Exodus 33. And it says, verse 18, And Moses said, Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. This is God speaking to Moses. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. One more time. What did he say? God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you that your word always is like honey toward lips. I thank you, Lord God, for your word also like fire shut up in our bones. That your word, Lord God, would just come in and minister, speak with liberality, Lord God, to your people. And I thank you that today as we share the word, I thank you, Jesus, you alone be exalted and your people be blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning once again. By the way, my name's Pastor Mon. For those of you who don't know me, in case you're joining us for the very first time, I'm one of the pastors that serve here in New Life, Maine. It's my privilege just to be able to host you here today. But, you know, in case you don't know me, I'm a dad of five. You know, I, I got five kids and I'm a dad of a very talkative, very engaging five-year-old. I got that right now in this service. I got it wrong earlier, right? But through the years, you know, having had five kids, through the years, one of the most consistent themes of being a parent is the reality that one explanation, one word, one reminder, one answer is most of the time just never enough. How many of you as parents, you've had to repeat things to your kids, right? Like regardless of their age, let's forget age, whether they were two or two decades old, right? I mean, you've had to repeat it. It's just part of parenting. No offense, right? So kids, you know what? No offense to you. If you're a, if you're a child right now, you're a son or a daughter, and you think your parent is so kulit, hey, you know what? It is normal. Have you ever found yourself having to explain in several sentences what was supposed to be a simple answer. Have you ever, have you experienced that? Like, you know, probably your teenager having, having to come up to you and say, mom, can I go out? And your answer is just supposedly no. And then what do they do? They, they would have to ask again, can I, can I, can I? And then you would have to explain why. Oh, you know, there's curfew, you might get caught, I don't want you with that friend. And all of a sudden, one simple answer begins to be a long, winding answer. You know, when they were young, they would ask, right, like, why are the leaves green? Dad, why are the leaves green? Why, why is the sky blue? And then all of a sudden, you would have to involve words such as chlorophyll, photosynthesis. Why is the sky blue? Oh, because of the light spectrum. The short waves. Guys, do you, do you know that? Should you go back to elementary, right? And then when they get older, a little bit older, they get to ask, Dad, where, where did I come from? Uh-oh. Now, that, that is no answer. There's no answer to that that you can give so short. 
you begin to expound on a lot of things. When they get a little bigger, especially the times that we live in, they get to ask, uh, can, can I buy something from Shopee? And you begin to talk about budget, online, you know, online payment and expenses. And they just want to buy this little bitty toy. And then you have to explain, oh, you know, it's not in the budget. Okay, okay, you know. You begin to talk about expenses. Oh, your sister's birthday is coming up. You know, there's tuition fees. It's, it's a long explanation. And then when they get a little bit older, the questions become more complicated. They begin to ask, can I have a boyfriend? And then your words now begin to talk about priorities, purpose, contentment, seasons, focus. And just a little bit older, they get to ask, can I get married now? <gasps> oh. And then the conversation begins to talk about responsibilities, being more mature. How about you start with your house, start with your room, right? The question always seems to be simple. But the answer always requires a more thorough and exhaustive explanation. You know, on the surface, Moses' request seemed to be simple. Lord, show me your glory. And what does God do? To provide an answer that Moses could grasp, God had to come up with a thorough explanation. About what? About God's goodness. And in Exodus 33, that is what we see. He said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Simply put, God was saying, well, if you want to see my glory, it's my goodness and I'm going to make it all pass before you but not just that my glory my goodness you will see in my name in my being gracious and in the fact that I love you I will have compassion on whom I am I have compassion in essence Moses was asking if you know the story Moses was asking if I'm going to do everything that you asked me to do, I'm going to go back to Egypt where I am a wanted man, by the way. You know, if, if I'm going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, which by the way, Lord, you know, your people, they're, they're pretty hard-headed. You know, matigas ang kanilang ulo. If I'm going to do all of that, I need to know this. And what is that? Lord, I, I need to know that you are good. That's basically what Moses was trying to get. How many of you know that God answers you on the basis of what you need to hear, not simply on what you want to hear. So basically Moses, Moses, if you want to know if I am good, well, I'm going to tell you my name. Well, I'm going to show you my favor. Know that I am for you, and that I will have compassion on you and my nation. And this is what Moses needed to be made real in him for what lies ahead. I'm going to make all my goodness pass before you, Moses. Moses, Moses, I am good. Moses, I favor you. Moses, my goodness is going to sweep all over you. How many of you know today God is good? 
And sometimes, sometimes, it's so simple, right? We, know, we always say that, oh, God is good, God is good. But sometimes, that which we need the most is that which we often neglect. I mean, do we truly believe that God is good? Because if we did, if we did, we would have less conversations with God telling Him how tampo we are with Him. How many of you here have been tampo with God lately? Right? There's been opportunities. There's been times. In English, you know, like you're sulking. Now I know the English word for that, right? You've been sulking over, over certain things that have not happened. And you find yourself in conversations where you say, God, but... Oh, I, I, know, I know that you are good, God, but... How many of you have had those conversations? God, this is what I'm expecting, but... God, I'm trusting you for this, but... You know, we've had those conversations. God, but... But can I encourage you today? How about we switch those words around instead of coming to God and saying, God, but... Why don't we say, but God? And so often... We go to our circumstances and we exalt the circumstances to God and we say, oh God, but. How about we go to our circumstances and we say, but God. You know, I may be in lack right now, but God is my provision. My family member may be sick right now, but God is my healing. Things may be going crazy around me, but God is still good. There are certain things in life that always change. They say, they say that change is the only thing constant in life. Friends, I want to tell you that is not true. There is one more, that which is constant. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And on Him, you can lean on. On His goodness, you can rely on. Why? Because He remains constant. But God. Somebody say that this morning. Say, but God. Now sometimes we go to Him and we say, you know, your words are correct, but your tone is off. How many of you have done that to God, right? Like instead of going, but God, you say, but God, this is what's in front of me. But, but God, I mean, isn't it okay just to get a little bit real today? I mean, we've all done that. All, we've all done that one time or another. But how about it's time for us to shift our complaining to God to taking a stand for the goodness of God. It's time for us to shift our complaining and turn it into a conviction. That we take a stand that the goodness of God is going to come through for me. That I believe that my God is good. If you've got a situation that needs the touch of God, if you're facing something head on, if what's in front of you is too great for you, that is the perfect opportunity for you to say, but God. Whatever you may be in, family, whatever may be in front of you, but God. God is still greater. God is still bigger. He is still faithful and He is good. And I realize that in any season, 
And whatever timeline that I live in, in the history of mankind, especially in the past months, this is, man, this has never been all the more, more real than in the past months, that it's not just enough to focus on what's good. Because how many of you know there's a lot of good things around us? Oh, it is good, 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 right? But it's time for us to focus on not just on what is good, but on what is God. That which is of God. I choose to see God and God's goodness. Now the question is, will I still say God is good when things don't happen according to my expectations, my timeline, my goals, my schedule, my plans? Will I still believe in my heart that God is good when I'm already, oh Lord, ang tagal-tagal naman niya, wala pa rin yung boyfriend ko. Or maybe you've been planning to start a business and when you started that business, it didn't really go along well. Will I still believe in the goodness of God when my visa is denied, when, my, when, my, when the ayuda is still not there, when my promotion is nowhere inside, when my job is still a question mark, when my plans are going nowhere? Remember, you can still stand in that conviction, but God is still good. And I may not perfectly react at times because, you know, because we're people. We're, we're like human. We're, we're human, right? But I got to learn how to respond with the word that's in my heart. And with the knowing that things may be going bad, but God is good. You know, real talk right here, real talk. How many of you know that more often than not in life, you can't explain away things? Like there are a lot of things you want to try to make sense of, but it just sometimes doesn't make sense. But you know what holds all things together? Is knowing that God is good. I cannot, you know, I'm a pastor. And I got, I, I, I don't got everything figured out. You know, I haven't figured everything out. I, I can't point an answer to every single question that I got, but, but I know that in the midst of all that, God is still good. And it's in those times that I get to see more of my God. I get to understand more of His character. It's in times of uncertainty. Isn't that quite ironic? That it's in the times of uncertainty that I get to be all the more certain about my Jesus. I want to encourage you. Why don't you use your uncertain times to create a strength in your heart that would make you certain about who your God is the next time that you encounter uncertainties. Let God show himself more to you every single moment. Now, so when things go crazy, now here's our tendency. Sometimes when things go crazy, when things go unexplainable, sometimes we put all the onus on God. Sometimes that's our tendency. When things go crazy, what we often do is we shift the blame to only two different places. And first, we say something must be wrong with God. Lord, you haven't done something yet. Lord, you're late on my timeline. Lord, where is that which I've been praying for? You know, and if something is not right, we say, God, there's something wrong with you. Now, if, if something ain't wrong with God, the other blame where we put the blame, the second place is then sometimes we come to the conclusion something must be wrong 
with me. And it's in those times that the enemy would try to magnify that and take that opportunity to tell you how you're not believing enough, that you are not good enough, that you've missed it. And we may miss things at times, but can I just say this? Sometimes, sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes you just have to go through life because in life, things may mess up, things may go crazy, Things may not go according to our plans. That's just how life is. And as we're talking about that, I'm reminded about this story in the Bible, this guy whose name is Joseph. How many of you know Joseph? Right? Joseph was such a character in the Bible that, you know, while he was still young, he was the favorite of his dad. And as he was the favorite of his dad, he was given a, a coat of many colors and he began to dream. God gave him a dream and he began to speak this dream to his brothers and he became the envy of his brothers. So one day his brothers, they wanted to kill him. Instead, what did they do? They sold him off to slavery. They put him in a pit and then as a caravan was passing by, they sold him off to slavery and there he went off to Egypt. And when he got to Egypt, he got thrown into a house and this house you know, the, the wife of his master looked at him and said, wow, this guy's poggy, you know, looks nice. And tries to, you know, seduce him. And, David, and Joseph says, no, 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 I would have none of that. And so his master's wife accuses him falsely of rape. And guess what happens to Joseph? He goes to prison. And while in prison, he gets thrown in prison. He gets promoted in prison. He gets forgotten in prison. Two years after, he gets an audience with the king, with the pharaoh. And he gets promoted to second in command in the palace. Can you imagine having to go through all that? Like your family forgetting you, selling you off. Can you imagine that? Like, I, I don't want to go through that. I think I would have a lot of issues. I would have a lot of baggage. But after all of that, after all that went through or after all that Joseph went through, God still used him to bring wholeness and provision to his family. And scripture magnificently captures the thoughts of Joseph as to what sustained him through all the things that he went through. And this is what Joseph says at the end of Genesis. At Genesis 50, Genesis 50 captures what Joseph carried in his heart and what he knew to be true all along. And this is what it says in Genesis 50 verse 20 in the AMPC. It says, as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are this day. You know that word thought and meant right there can you see those verses as for you you thought evil against me but God meant it you know those two words thought and meant are the same Hebrew word they're the same word that means to weave or twist together using several strands how many of you like to braid your hair you know that's the word right there so what the scripture is telling us is that in the same way that life may be weaving something to knock you down, God will take that very thing 
and weave it into something to lift you up. That's why if it seems like it's taking some time, if it feels like, Lord, I think you're delayed, if it feels like, Lord, I'm still waiting, you know what the truth of the matter is? Is that God is still weaving. He's weaving either something for you or He's weaving something in you. Because more often than not, the progress that God truly wants to see is the progress within. He wants to see that you progress in your believing, in seeing more of Him. You know why? Because when you progress with God from within, it guarantees that the storms may come, that challenges may come, but you will not stop believing. The more that you understand the Word of God within, the more that you understand His character, His person, the more that you are able to go through. That yes, you may get hit again. Oh, but, but, but I will not be moved. So guess what? Today, God is still weaving. He is working something for my good. So if it's taking some time, how about we change our perspective and say, if it's taking some time, it's got to be good. Because if it's going to be good, hey, guess what? It's got to be God. God is weaving something for my good. Now, you know, very interesting that this scripture, Genesis 50, Genesis 50, this takes place at the end of Genesis and we know, you know, just in case you don't know, you know, Genesis is the book of beginnings. It is the book of foundations. And it ends in Genesis telling you that God is working for good. How many of you know God is working for your good? Things may be going bad, but I know God is working something for my good. That's the way Genesis ends. You meant it for evil, but God was weaving something for my good. That's how Genesis 50 ends. And the way Genesis ends is the same way that Genesis begins in Genesis 1. Remember Genesis 1? When God would create and the Bible says, and He saw that it was good. God was working for good since the beginning in creation. Every time that He would create, at the end of the day, it's good, it's good, it's good. First day, it's good. Second day, it's good. God works good. From beginning up to the end of the book of Genesis, the book of foundations, there is a common theme. And what is that? God is working good. As if to tell us that the foundation of our faith is that God's goodness never stops working good on our behalf. So if you are in the midst of something bad right now, family, I want to tell you, oh, something good is going to happen. Something good is in store for you. You know why? Because God cannot help but do that which He is. And the Bible says that He is good. And that which is good comes out of a good God. That's what Scripture says. The reason why I can expect good from my God is because He is a good God. And that's what Joseph came to the realization of. 
he came to the realization that after looking back in his life, he was sold by his family. He was, you know, he, his, his brothers wanted to murder him, to kill him. Basically, he was left to be a slave. He was thrown into prison, falsely accused of rape, thrown back into prison before all the other things. Oh, by the way, by the way, did you know, did you know that all of that, all of that account, the account that we know of Joseph, is covers only 30 years of Joseph's life. You check out Genesis 50, at the end of Genesis 50, and it says Joseph lived up to 100 plus years old. What does that mean, family? That the goodness for Joseph to experience the goodness of God was so much more than the challenges that he went through. Oh, but for a season, he went through those challenges. But what we often take for granted is that the goodness of God far outweighs the season of challenges and trials. That's why I can say this season of pandemic, it's gonna turn. It's gonna come to an end by the name of Jesus. This is only but for a momentary season. Come on, somebody say, it's just a season. But I know the goodness of God knows no seasons. The goodness of God is on us regardless of the season. And that's one of the things that Joseph realized in his journey. He realized that during the high times, the low times. The good times, the bad times. When people wanted to do him bad, when he was getting promoted. When he looked back, he realized, oh, there's one thing constant in my life. And it's that the goodness of God never stopped working. Now you don't see that in scripture. You don't see that Joseph verbalizing that. But the scripture tells you wherever Joseph went, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. What does that mean? That means that the goodness of God never stopped working. You may be in the middle of a valley right now, my friend. You may have just experienced a death in the family. By no means do we want to be insensitive. But I also want to tell you that your best days are just up ahead. That which Joseph went through was just for a season. For 70 plus years, he experienced the goodness of God in the land of the living. But as humans, what do we usually magnify? We magnify the times of hardships. Oh, this is so hard. Grabe naman. You know, ang hirap naman ito. You know, and I can relate. I don't, I don't want to make fun of that because, hey, guess what? I also go through that. But let's get real. The goodness of God assures you that yes, there may be challenges, but the glory, the glorious future that God has for you far outweighs the momentary light affliction that you may be in. And I just feel this very strong in my heart right now. God just dropping this in my heart. I want to tell somebody here today, don't give up on your destiny. Don't give up on that call. Don't give up on that dream job. 
Don't give up on that which God put in your heart. You know why? Because while you are believing, while you are still waiting, God is weaving everything together for your good. And mind you friends, when God says it is good, it is not on the basis of my understanding and your understanding. The Bible says, it says, oh, my, my notes are all there already anymore. Let's go. You know, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And if you would check it out there, that's found, you know, in James 1. If we can just flash that for everybody. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know that word good there is the Greek word agathos. And what that means is that when God gives you something, it is beneficial and it is honorable. You know why? Because God is honorable. He gives according to His character. It is beneficial for you. It is to lift you up. It is honorable. Every good gift and every perfect. Perfect. Come on, somebody say perfect. And that Greek word perfect there is the Greek word teleos. Where we get the word tetelestai. If I can just ask somebody to come up and just play the keyboards. And what that word perfect there means is that it is so complete that nothing you can do can add to it to make it more complete. And what does that mean for us? That means for us, family, that if what you're in the middle of right now still feels like it's incomplete, if it feels like it's not yet buo, Parang may kulang pa, Lord. Parang meron pa kong inaasahan na hindi pa dumarating. You know what that means? That means that God is at work. Because every good and every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. That word variation means He doesn't change His mind. That means that when God says that He is good, He's good. He's good all the way, friends. There, he doesn't change his mind. He's not fickle like man. He's not a son of man that he should repent. He says there is no variation or, or shadow of turning. You know, very interesting that that scripture says that he's the God of lights. You know why that's very interesting? Because the imagery that James wants to portray here is the imagery of the sun. The father of the lights up in the heavens. And what happens, the Bible says there that He's the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know what happens, you know, towards the afternoon, like, you know, in noontime, the sun is right directly on top of you, right? And then when it gets to the afternoon, what happens? As the sun sets, what do you notice about shadows? You know what happens? The shadows turn. Why? Because the sun is setting. The shadows turn. It used to be directly below you, then it becomes to the left. You know why? Because the sun is setting. And what the scripture is telling you is that with God, just like the sun, it never sets. The goodness of God 
in your life never sets. That's why the Bible says in Psalms that the path of the just, or in Proverbs, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Come on, it gets better and better. You know, I'm not saying that life is perfect. That's not what I'm saying. Yes, there will be challenges. But when God weaves that which was meant for your destruction, God's going to weave that, turn that around, and use that to lift you up. God is weaving. That disappointment, that heartache, that which has been in your soul, that confusion, God, you know what God's going to do? God's going to stand in the middle of all that and He's going to turn it around and use that as an opportunity to lift you up. God is still working. Somebody say that. Come on, somebody say that to build faith into their hearts. Say, God is working. Come on, say, God is working. And let me finish it with this. You know how creation is, right? You know, Joseph's story was at the end of Genesis. But it starts off, the book of Genesis starts off how it ends. It starts off talking about it's good. At the end, Joseph said, it's good. What you meant for evil, God weaved it for good. He ends Genesis in the same way that God begins Genesis. And how is that? On the first day God created, and God saw that, and He said, it's good. On the second day, God created. At the end of the day, he saw that it was good. The third day, he saw that it was good. On the fourth day, he saw that it was good. Did you notice, did you notice that God was not yet done with creation, but with every day that finished, it was good? Did you know that when God moves, even when it's still unfinished, it is still good? You see, as people, we have a different perspective with God, from God. How about you declare over your unfinished situation right now and say, it's good. Let me tell you why. The reason why God said it's good on the second day when there were still no beasts, no birds, on the first day there was just light and it was good. You know why? Ask me why. You know why? Because He was still working. The first day was finished. It's good. You know why? Because God was thinking, tomorrow, I'm going to work again. When God is at work, only good is bound to happen. Oh, first day, it's good. Second day, it's good. Third day, it's good. Fourth day, it's good. Fifth day, it's good. And on the sixth day, something mighty happened. On the sixth day, it says in verse chapter 1, verse 31, it says, Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed, it was what? Very good. You know the word very there? actually means super.
superlatively good. Super good. Something happened on the sixth day that God saw it differently compared to the other days. Something happened on the sixth day that God had to change. He himself had to change his perspective. It's not just good. It is super good. Something happened on the sixth day. And if you want to know what that is, you got to check out what happened on the sixth day. And this is what happened on the sixth day. God creates man in his image and likeness. And for the first time in creation history, all creation would now be able to look at the created being and say, oh, so that's what God looks like. Do you know that when you look at the mirror, you carry the image and likeness of God? That when you look at the mirror, you should say, you're good. When was the last time that you told yourself, I am good? Come on. There's so many thoughts that hit people's, you know, consciousness nowadays that they think they're not good enough I'm not good enough I'm lousy I have no purpose I will not amount to anything it's about time that you recognize for yourself who God says you are and own the goodness of God that rightfully belongs to you because you my friends you are fearfully and wonderfully made you are creating the image and likeness of God and God says you are good but the story doesn't end there so I'm gonna land the plane now so God creates an image and likeness and God begins to provide for man he gives him authority he gives him dominion he gives him provision he gives him everything that he needs in the garden and when man's needs and all his supplies and empowerment is given God takes a step back and says that is very good did you know if you look at that you know what's very good with God is when everything that man needs for his provision and everything that man needs in life purpose, empowerment, when all of that is done and it is met, God says, that's very good, super good. And you know, on the cross, that's exactly what God did. On the cross, all of His promises are yes and amen. Because of what Jesus did, all of His promises are yes and amen. The goodness of God is working on your behalf. You may not see it, but He's working. You may not feel it, but He's working. You know why? Because He never stops. He never stops working. Even when you rest, He's still working. Scripture says, you may put yourself to sleep at night, and yet, He gives to His beloved even in their sleep. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine you're sleeping and somebody is right there beside your bed 
giving you flowers. That's what God is doing. Even in your sleep, God is still working. That's how much God loves you. And that's how the goodness of God is working on your behalf. I just want to encourage you today. Do not base the goodness of God on what you see, what circumstances say. Hold on to the goodness of God that is anchored on who He is, on His character, on His word, and the integrity of all that God is. You know, if you're here thinking right now and say, you know, I want some of that goodness of God. You know where it starts? It starts just simply by receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And I want to give this opportunity for you you know, to be part of that wonderful privilege just to call Jesus as your Lord and Savior and call God as your Father. A brand new start. Not, a, not joining yourself with an organization, but joining yourself with Him. So if that is your heart right now, I'm going to lead you into a prayer. And if you are here on site as well, if that is your heart's desire, let's say this prayer together, but let's say it with all of our hearts. Amen? Repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that 2,000 years ago, He died and He rose again for me. I thank you that I am washed, I am forgiven, and I am brand new. Jesus, from this day on, I am yours and you are mine. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Come into my heart. Make it your home. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.